0: I love having people around to my house. I really, really do. But being a pastor for lots of years, I got some people who bring good news and some people who bring some bad news. There is, I love the people that bring good news. And I love people who come into my home and deposit happiness and joy And I can reciprocate with welcome and they can bless me as I want to bless them. So I want to encourage you just as a byword, wherever you go, whoever you visit, go with the purpose of blessing that household. When you shake hands with someone, you're laying hands upon them. In your spirit, bless them. Give something of God away. And I was with a friend the other night and we were talking about the things of the kingdom and I was truly, truly, truly blessed. It enriched my evening, enriched my day, enriched somebody else's life, just like Jesus did. And we have the ability to do that. Well, I'm going to bless you this morning. With this word glory. And I'm not going to preach for too long. But I've said that too many times and broken the rule. So I'll not say I'm not going to preach too long. Because I might. So let me catch up a little bit. But before we do that. Let me read to you a passage in the Bible. That I think is just brilliant. And it's found in 2 Corinthians. And it's 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 7. And it's talking, you remember, when, you remember when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments? And I'll be referring to this a little later. And he gave them the law because the children of Israel had been in captivity for well over 400 years. And it lived to the purposes of Pharaoh, Egyptian. Nation. And when he said, go, you're free now. And he used Moses to get them out of Egypt and liberate them. The one thing they didn't know how to do, and that was live according to God's way. So God gave them his law on the tablets, the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments are the law and to live and break the law means the law condemns us but when Jesus came he abolished that law and this passage is talking about it and it mentions glory so here it goes now if the minister that brought death those are the commandments which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory because they were given by God. And when he got these, Moses got these on the mountain, it was a glorious moment. So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious than the old glory. And Moses came down from the mountain. The people couldn't look at his face because it seen the glory. And it was reflected in his face. And so he had to wear a veil. If the minister that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the minister that brings righteousness? That is the goodness of God. For what was glorious... Has no glory now by comparison with a surpassing glory. Remember that phrase, surpassing glory. The glory of the Ten Commandments, the glory of the visitation, the glory that Moses saw is nothing by comparison to the surpassing glory that we can experience and see, and if what is transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts. The glory of Jesus Christ is a glory that lasts and lasts. Therefore, this is the point, therefore, since we, you and I, have such a hope, we are very bold. Stop being timid. You can be bold. You don't have to draw back. In the presence of God, step forward. Bow your knees, step forward. We can be very bold in the church of Jesus Christ. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing by. For their minds were made dull. And to this very day, the same veil remains when the old covenant, the law, is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Now something's happened in my life. The curse of the law has been taken away. I don't answer to the law anymore. And a veil has been removed in my life when I came to Christ. And now I can have communion with Jesus Christ. Now I can look in his face. Now I can see and experience the glory of God. I can do that. We can do that. Have you ever had times when you felt the glory of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Because only Christ is that veil taken away. Into this day, when Moses read, the veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, where the Lord is, there is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 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 And we all, who with unveiled faces, can now contemplate the glory of the Lord, and we are being transformed now into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That concludes. A wonderful passage, but it's mind blowing. Mind blowing. Quick catch up. I had a uh, little uh, watch my clock. Little surprise the other day. I went to see me, me, me grandson, uh, little little chappie, and he's a miracle baby. Uh, he shouldn't have been born, or he should have been born, or probably died as, as he was born. But here he is much prayer and touch of God fully, you know he's a real lad anyway, I went to his house and he said, Gandhi because that's what he calls me, i got this fear and I said, what is it? Luke, and he said, yep, it is, very excited he looked into my face smiling, and you know you're going to like this Gandhi, this is for you because I am his hero, I am somebody's hero I want you to know that and he shoved this in my in my hand and he it says, he's just started to, to write. To, spelt right, Claude, excuse me name. My name is spelled C-L-A-U-D-E, it's French. He spells it C-L-O-R-D. To Claude, and my second name is Ellerton, E-L-L-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. He's spelled E-L-I-T-O-O-N, Ellitoun to Claude Elytoon, and, spelt and right, and Susan, which is spelt (laughs) S-O-O-S-O-O-N, Susan. (laughs) Isn't it brilliant? It's just lovely, isn't it? Catching up then, we're looking at this word, glory. And we cited, didn't we, last week, many illustrations of what we might See us glory, glorious fields of daffodil, etc. etc. And then we noted this story of Moses in Exodus 33 12. Moses came quickly to God and said, I can't lead these people anymore. I'm failing. I'm trying. I'm lonely. The people don't seem to be able to know how to behave and live their lives right even though they have the Ten Commandments God how do we know that we are your chosen people you should really come in and I don't blame you for this if you wipe us all out and these people don't realise they're so vulnerable living outside of your law God can you ever forgive them God God can you ever protect us going forward? Will you still be with us as you promised? And how will we know that you are with us? Give me your presence. And God says, okay, I'll send my presence. I promise you, I will give you my presence. And we said last week, God said to us, I'll give you your presence. In our prayer meetings, we pray, God, send your presence. That would be enough. But not for Moses. He said, I want more than your presence that would distinguish us. I, not the people, I want to see your glory. And what he was asking was the impossible. Because no one can ever see the glory of God and live. And this was pointed out to him. And we said, didn't we just uh, in Exodus, that... Um, wait a minute and he took him a mountain, and the Lord came down in a cloud, and he stood there with him and proclaimed His name, "I am the Lord." And he passed in front of him, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, his God proclaiming his own name, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, the gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. That is my glory. Show me your glory, all right? Here it is. It is the fullness of God himself. Don't look at this, but turn your face away. Otherwise, it'll burn you up. The glory of the Lord, so amazingly great. He saw the glory of God. And I tell you, church, we're going into a new season here. What every one of us, we have the right Because we can come boldly, it says in the Bible, before the throne of grace and as free people, not as slaves. We are free from this world and all its clutter and all its sin and all the attacks of the enemy. We are free. We're free. We're free and we're children of the living God. And we can come boldly again like Moses and many others in the Bible and say, Lord God, Jesus Christ Holy Spirit give me more there must be more and I tell you church there has got to be more than this there's got to be more than my little puny life there's got to be more of my understanding there's got to be more to my strength and my health and my enthusiasm there's got, there has got to be more there's got to be more of love in me to love him more there's got to be more of the Holy Spirit to empower me There's got to be more of the presence of Jesus in my life and in my home. There's got to be more. There's got to be more in fellowship. There's got to be more in congregations. God, I'm not going to get that more from anywhere else. I'll not get it from my career. I'll not get it from my relationships. I'll not get it from my neighbors. I'll not get it from my family. I've had enough of them. I want more from you. This more is a miraculous more and only you can give it. Now give me more. And this moor was seen by John in Revelation. And when he saw the moor on the Isle of Patmos, and he heard a voice, and he lifted up his head while he was a prisoner on this island, and he saw someone who looked like the Son of God. And he saw his hairs white like wool, like white snow, and eyes blazing like fire. Not like your eyes or mine. These eyes were blazing like fire. He saw it, and his feet were glowing like bronze in a furnace. And when he opened his voice, it was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars, coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. And his face was shining like the sun in all its brilliance. And if you had a vision like that, and if I had a vision like that, if I saw that, because that is another side of the glory of God. You can hardly look upon the glory of God. He fell on his face as if he was dead. Wow. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and his robe filled the temple. let called call the temple the Church of the Living God. Presence filled the temple. What a vision! And he saw angels crying to one another, singing, Holy, Holy. Holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. That's the song of the angels. We sang that this morning. I wonder if there's a difference between us singing it and the angels singing it. If anyone needs to sing holy, holy is the Lord with sincerity. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Because unlike the angels... We have experienced redemption and salvation. And Jesus didn't die for the angels. He died for you and me. The Bible says that we are the pride of his creation. We are the apple of his eye. So if any, anything on planet earth is going to sing with sincerity, holy, 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 it's us. And we don't need an excuse to do it. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost on the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Now, if that happened here, we call it an earthquake. So powerful the presence of God that bricks and mortar cannot contain it; they'll tremble at His presence. We are talking God here. A little wonder he cried out, I'm ruined. I'm a sinner. I'm a man of unclean lips. But my eyes have just seen the King and the Lord Almighty. Just amazing. And in Ezekiel, read at some stage, Ezekiel chapter 1. Somebody here has got another vision of God in the Bible. And I saw the heavens, and they were opened. And I saw visions of God, multiple visions. And the whole of this chapter is talking about the multiple vision. And he's interpreting the way that he can interpret it in a human way. But it's so amazing, it's impossible. And then it concludes, when the creatures that he saw moved, I heard the sound of their wings. Wings. Like the roar of rushing water. Like the voice of the Almighty. Like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. And then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads. As they stood and they lowered their wings. And above the vault and over their head, was what looked like the throne. High above on the throne was a figure, like that of a man. And I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from down, he looked like fire. And brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow. In the clouds, the new age, have a rainbow. And Jesus is supposed to be, I understand, according to Tony, one of those stripes, because it's inclusive. Can I tell you that Jesus is the whole rainbow? He doesn't share his glory with anybody else. says in the Bible, and it's an offense to God, to mix him with other mini-glories. He's the whole rainbow. And I saw a rainbow in the clouds and a rainy day, so it was radiant around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord when I saw it. And what did he do? Here's another one. He fell face down as I heard the voice of this one speaking to me. In Revelation 4, day and night, by the throne of God, the angels are singing, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, shining, and with beauty, and with voice, thunder, and loudness, and music. Revelation is going to be amazing. It's going to be a light show. It's going to be a big music festival. And it's going to be loud. Do you like quiet church? This is going to be loud. It's loud. Father, Jesus said the time has come. In John 17. It's time to glorify me. This is before he went to the cross. Father, time has come. Will you glorify me on that cross so that I will glorify you? Have you ever tried to glorify Christ in a crisis? Have you ever tried to boast of Jesus in a crisis? Because that's the time we think he's left us. Well, God, the Father, left him on the cross. That's why he cried, Father, why have you forsaken me? He left him, but not for long. Father, times come, glorify me. And do this so that I will glorify you. Please return to me the glory that I had with you before the world began. And in verse 24 in this passage, Jesus prayed this prayer. Those you've given me, I want to be with me to see your glory, the glory you gave me. And that we said last week is the ultimate end of all scripture. That is the ultimate end of the whole plan of God. Not that we sit here. Not that we've been redeemed. That we will see his glory without any restriction face to face. That's what the whole plan of creation and history has been about. The final, ultimate end displays glory to mankind. The apex of his glory is the splendor of his grace. Betrayed us on the cross of Calvary. And the adornment of Christ. The climatic display of his love and grace. God really did come for me. The wages of sin is death. The curse of the law and the covenant means death. But the death and the resurrection presents me with the gift of God. Eternal life. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Psalm 91, one, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of your hands. Day after day, they uh, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal his knowledge and his glory. Now, if the world does that, if matter does that, If terra firma does that, if the skies do that, the stars do that, if the earth will declare the glory of God, what about the redeemed? When are we going to begin to thunder forth our praise? When are we going to reveal the glory of God to the world? Let them hear us. Passing this morning... Uh, coming in and you were rehearsing and a lady was walking past and she stopped at the door and listened to what you were doing here. And I remember past church was an Anglican church and when we sang it was thunderous and and because it was an Anglican church with a big high ceiling all the noise went up and we had a big band and they're cracking away and everybody's worshipping and singing loudly because we don't do quiet. It was loudly we're then ready for heaven. The church... uh, actually m- uh, m- not magnifies it what's the word Ampliphone. megaphone megaphone's it Ampliphone. amplify thank you you can all join in amplifies it and all the houses around on top of the hill in where from there <sighs> we had knocks on the door and complaints and, and so on but then they got used to it and um, one of the neighbors came it's lovely sitting out in the garden listening to you singing it's brilliant it's brilliant. We're declaring the glory of God. Not in-house. We're going to declare it out of house. And what a great time to do it. I don't go into the middle of wells and start singing without being prompted. But this is our chance here on a Sunday morning when we're worshipping. I've got the band like we've got thundering away. And, 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 and Sally lovely voice just leading it all. People can hear it. Well, we want you to hear it. This is us witnessing the glory of God. We're telling you what the glory of God's all about. Well, Habakkuk says 2.4, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. This is God going public. And our worship is God going public. Do you know when Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to fill the church with his presence and power and glory, it's him going public to send us out to become the public face of the glory of God. God is going public. And it says in the Bible that he, he, thunder, he shouts out his glory. God doesn't do it quietly. Just look up into the stars. It's shouting out. Look at the hills. It's shouting out. Look over the ocean. It's shouting out. Look over the churches. They're shouting out together the glory of God. The glory. This is what the glory is. I've made this beat up. The glory. The I am, the great I am, the pre-existent before anything, self-existent, God needs no one else, self-sufficient, he doesn't need our help, God alone is sufficient, is the God of all supply, self-determined, we haven't got to motivate God, he is self-determined, self-sustaining. He will sustain the Godhead. He will sustain the Word of God. He will sustain history. He will sustain his world and his glory throughout history. He will sustain you. He will sustain heaven. He will sustain eternity. eternity. He's self-sustaining. He's self-creating. Who created God? He created himself. I best ask my granddaughter. What do you think about that? The I am, the measure of all greatness, the author of all creation, the definition of all power, the sum of all perfection, the manifestation of all holiness and goodness, manifold in attributes, perfect in character. Vision and clarity of love, beauty, mercy, and grace. Compassion. Steadfast in joy, faithfulness, and completeness. Justice and righteousness. Supreme in office, kingship, headship, authority, and nobility. Malachi 1.14 says, For I am the great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared, amongst the nations little wonder that when he shows up people fall in the temple and before the vision as if they're dead little wonder that when people see the vision they cover their faces in the bible little wonder that when the conviction and the gravity and the presence of sin upon us becomes so great And we're delivered of it and made free again. Little wonder do we want to praise Him. Little wonder that men and women and children this very day will bow their knee before an almighty God for the first time. God is still saving His world. Little wonder. Romans 3.24, you see, all have sinned and fallen short of this glory of God. But we are now justified as if we've never sinned freely by his grace. That's his glory. I want to see his glory. I don't want to see your glory. You don't want to see mine. The glory is not a denomination. The glory is not Bible knowledge. The glory is not your gift, your skill, or your gifts. The glory is not a big congregation or a small congregation. His glory is not on the size of the building and all the beauty and glory of the building. It isn't. The glory is the glory. And it's simply God's glory. And in this passage... That we're sharing this morning. It says in closing, therefore, we are such a hope now, so we're very bold. We're not like Moses, and all the glory points of glory I've illustrated from the Bible are only shadows of his glory just reflections of his glory but we are bold we don't have that veil because that veil makes minds dull so it's been removed and only Christ can take it away only Christ can take it away that is why we can only present Christ to people good works are good because the good works that's great God is good but only Christ will take away the veil that's over the heart. The message of Christ. If our mission hasn't got a message, we don't have a message at all. If we're presenting anything else but Christ, we're not presenting freedom or giving a chance of glory in the other person's life. Only Christ is it taken away. But whoever now turns to the Lord... That veil will be taken away. And that's our job in life get people to turn to the Lord. Now, where the Lord is, it's where the Spirit is. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom. We're not corralled anymore, we're not dominated anymore. We should never have church leaders actually saying what we can do, can't do, and the way we get there and the way we don't. You have the wonderful freedom to walk into the presence of God yourself. You have the freedom to know and to experience the Holy Spirit in a brand new way. An indwelling spirit. Not an influential spirit, an indwelling spirit. That is the shining, the shining of God inside of your life. Inside of all you do, all your love, all your goodness, all your service, all your thinking. All your fellowship, the shining of the Holy Spirit within you. Because where the Holy Spirit is, there is his glory. And where his glory is, there is the goodness of God. And we all with unveiled faces now contemplate the Lord's glory. And we are being transformed into his likeness. From one degree of glory to another. Now, that is totally an act of God. Transforming transformation is an act of God I can't force transformation it's an act of God am I have I got stuff going in my life that I need to get rid of then I'm looking really for transformation Am I a jealous person by nature? Am I an envious person by nature? Have I got stuff going on? Have I got bitterness? Have I got rage? Have I got stuff? Am I suspicious? As it by per- Am I lazy? As- Have I got stuff going on that I actually, when I stand back and look at it, I'm not pleased? We need transformation. And that transformation is a God thing. And the Bible says here, if you turn your face toward Jesus, you will be transformed. So I say, more God is more of Jesus. More God is more of your Holy Spirit. More God, more of your presence. More God, more of your miracles. More God, more of your transforming power on me. And like Moses, I will not let you go till you do this for me. I want you. I want you. I want a social worker won't do it for you, a friend won't do it for you. Parents won't do it for you. Friends won't do it for you. This transformation is a spiritual transformation. Others can give you good advice, give you pointers on the way. But at the end of the day, you need a visitation from God to transform you from one degree of glory to another. And the Bible in another translation of the mind talks about the mirror, seeing his face in the mirror. And that's exactly where it's right. I can see the glory of God like I look in my own reflection in a mirror. Look what I, I, my great trick is as a boy in school, I used to wear my watch. And when the sun was shining through the window, I used to kind of catch it with my watch and then move it over to the teacher and get it on the face. Have you ever done that? And and you do it on a wall, don't you? And and the teacher's doing this. No idea where it's coming from. And I love doing that, you know. I'm doing it when people I'm talking with, mm-hmm, sun shining. When you look into Jesus, you're actually going to see a reflection of His glory. But the reflection of His glory is so intense, it will shine upon your life. I was sat by my patio windows yesterday, it's, it's pretty cold outside. I mean but the sun broke and it shone through and I just sat there and it shined on my face and the warmth and sense of peace and sense of oneness, and sense of it's okay. This, this is lovely. His face shining as you look at him, you talk, put your face towards him. It's going to glow and glow not just on your face but your whole spirit healing, radiating, infilling, beautiful Father Spirit transforming you from one degree of glory to another. Not from sin to glory. Not from disobedience to glory. Not from backsliding to glory. Not from grumbling to glory or politics to to glory Israel did that not apathy to glory the Bible says you'll be transformed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another if you're born again this morning you're on your way this is you can access this you don't need church to access it it's not about place to access it but you can access the living God wherever and whenever but remember transformation the realisation is that we need transformation one degree of glory to another Father this morning we ask for more boldly more for us and our family, more for me personally. Just give us your glory. Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, say in your word, reveal it and deal with it, Lord. Your glory. I will not turn my face away from your father until you accomplish the work of transformation in my life. Give me your glory. Give us your glory in this church, Father. Transform us from one degree, your presence to another. Pray for the pastor that's going to join us, Father. Let the first words that he hear be, we want more. Glad you came. Take us further. Take us higher. Give us more. Give us more. Oh God, Jesus' name, reveal your glory.